I went, I went to the cardio, cardiologist uh, this week uh, for an annual checkup. And I just felt somehow that um, this is our time with a cardiologist today. That he will come um, and speak to our heart. But yeah, let me just get, get this and see if this plays. The sound of a sound of a human heart beating, and as you're laying there and you're just um, lady or whoever it is, just pressing around and feeling, finding your heart. And interesting thing, the lady said to me is that each each part of my heart has a different sound. There are valves in my heart, and each part of my heart has a different sound. And she listens for each sound, and it has a certain way of responding to, um, to the, the, the pressure of the heart. And I want us to know, and I know today that there are many of us sitting here today and maybe different parts of that which God has determined to do and use uh, for his kingdom and maybe a different sound. But I trust that God will just move into that space in your life today. I'm going to tell you a story a story, it's not my story, but it is a true story. It is something that really happened. Um, there was a, a surgeon that was going to do an open heart surgery, and open heart surgery is pretty uh, dangerous in the sense. I spoke to someone not too long ago in life about an open heart surgery, and uh, he says, actually, it's very scary because they take your heart out of your body. They take your heart out. It's like, wow, okay. So I'm not quite sure what happens spiritually then when your heart is gone. Um, out of your body. But they keep you alive on machines and all, everything is working like it should work. The blood is flowing. Oxygen is being put into your body. But your heart is separate from your body. And the surgeon was going to do an operation on a man. And it was a friend of his, someone that he was uh, a brother. He was a brother in the church. And this guy had come and something wrong with his heart. And the surgeon said, I'll do the operation for you. And they called the pastor in of that same church. And the pastor was there and he was in the operating theater because um, they, the surgeon wanted him to see what, he's, what he does. And he worked very precisely with this man's heart. It took it out of the chest cavity, worked very precisely with his heart, did whatever he had to do, whether it was a valve or something else that he had to do on his heart. And then he put it back all together again and put it back into his, into his chest, sewed him up, stitched it up, got it ready. And then comes the time where the heart needs to beat again. And the massage the heart, work on the heart, not responding. And eventually starts on the more radical things, and you know those things where they, shh, shh, you know, you know those things. Um, 
what do you call them? Anyway, defibrillators, and still his heart didn't respond. And so the surgeon moved to the back of the, of the gurney table that the man was laying on, and he leaned down, and he whispered into the man's ear, and I'm going to call the man Henry. And he said, Henry, I'm your surgeon. I have fixed your heart. I've repaired it. It is good. It is good. I want you to tell your heart to beat again. And seconds later, his heart started beating. Again. Now, it's not magic. There's something about us that we don't fully understand. I think we are fearfully and wonderfully made, and God has made us in such a way that we respond to things. And I know there have been people at the deathbed of a loved one, and they can speak into that person, and the person responds. There's something, even if they're unconscious and not able to hear. But we're in a place here today, and I really believe that God wants time to repair our hearts. You say, no, well, I don't think my heart needs to be repaired. I think it's one of those parts of our lives. And we're not talking about the physical heart, guys. I, I know you know that. So I'm talking about the heart. I, I'm not quite sure if, if we try and analyze where it is. Where is our heart? You know, is it here? I think it is. <laughs> but it's more than just here. There's something deeper inside of us, but I'm talking about our spiritual hearts, the heart that God wants from us. We cannot just write off our hearts. We cannot just write it off. So if your heart is not good, you can't just write it off. We cannot just write it off and say it's collateral damage or it's um, loss, tough, it's okay. I don't have to do anything about it. Your heart matters to God. Your heart matters to God. Your heart has eternal value. Your heart attaches itself literally to an umbilical cord with Christ. That's where it happens. We present, we present our heart to God. You know we, the, the, the famous prayer that we pray is, Lord, come into my heart. Come into my heart. And he does. He does. He comes into our hearts and that's where he changes us. And Holy Spirit changes us. And the gospel of Jesus changes us. And we begin to, we begin to breathe a different life and we begin to live a different life. The health of your heart matters to God. And it doesn't matter where you are. If you're a leader, it may matter more in a sense of the body, in the sense of what it does to us and among us. But that's not the important thing. It's our hearts as we come before the Lord today. We need time to surrender to the fullness of the fullness. And I mean the presence of God. What makes us different? What makes this church different, friends? What makes the thing that we long for real in our lives? The presence of God. The presence of his heart. That's the beauty of it all. When God presences himself, he presences himself with his heart. He presents his heart to you, that you may receive of his heart, that you may partake of his heart.
And if our hearts are not good, if our hearts are not in that place where it should be, if our heart needs repairs, then we need to give ourselves over to the surgeon. And I'm asking God today that the surgeon, the Holy Spirit, will come and He will operate on you. He will operate on you and make your heart well. We need Holy Spirit. And we need to give him as much room as he needs to repair our hearts. That open surgery to prepare us, to gird us, to strengthen us. That's what the gird means, to gird us, to strengthen our strength in him, to strengthen the strength of our hearts, to armor our hearts, to steal up our hearts so that we can be where we belong and make us ready to honor the one that we serve. This is your surgeon speaking, not me. I want you to hear the words of Jesus over your life, the words of the Holy Spirit. This is your surgeon speaking. Tell your heart to beat again. Now here's the, here's the, here's the deal. Nothing that we do Nothing that we do can make our heart beat again. I know there is a spiritual response. And I'm appealing to your hearts today. I'm appealing to every single person in this building. Whether you are a visitor, whether you come for the first time and the last time. I'm appealing to your hearts today. Appealing in the voice of the surgeon. Tell your heart to beat again. Tell your heart to beat again. Respond. That is your response. Yes, Lord, I will. I'll tell my heart to beat again. Some of us have lost something of our hearts, and really I think that's really what God is calling out to, to, to us today. Lost some of our hearts. Lost something of, of that relationship that we have with God. How long, how long, each one of you, ask yourself this question, how long can you hold your breath? Some of us will say, four minutes, I'm there. And after four minutes, I'm not a doctor, but I kind of know what would start happening. The desperation would come over your body, over your whole being, over your whole person. Let me ask this as a church, how long can you hold your breath? How long can you do without breath? How long? How long? I say this to you, friends, because the history of the church is not a great history. If you look at the book of Acts, we don't have to go there. I'm trying to explain to you the progression of how the church went bad and how the church lost it. What I am saying to you is, friends, we can lose our hearts along the way for whatever reason it is. And our hearts will stop beating. Will stop beating. Your heart is actually an oxygen distributor. (laughs) That's what it really is. Air, breath. And you know, you know, because you're you're deep enough in the Lord to know that the Spirit of God is the breath of God.
over our lives. The presence of the Lord is the presence of the Lord. Sounds a silly statement. The presence of the Lord is the presence of the Lord. In Jeremiah 2, verse 13, God says this to his people, my people, would be us sitting here today, have committed two sins. They have forsaken me, the spring of living water, and they've dug their own cisterns or wells, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. We are designed, we are designed to have a God. We're designed like that. God made us that way. He said, I will put my spirit, my breath into you. And that breath, that breath will long for my presence. The very thing that he created them in the garden for was that he would presence himself with them. He would walk with them. That has not changed. He still desires to walk with you. But you see, here's the problem. If our heart is dying, if our heart is lacking the presence of God, you know what we will do? We will dig wells that don't hold water because we need a God. We need a God in order to live as an individual, as a church, as the church in all of the world, we need God. So let me tell you another story very quickly. And I'm not going to read the whole story to you. It's quite a lengthy portion of scripture in Ezekiel 37. But there is a striking parallel to the story I told you of the surgeon and the man speaking to the man about telling his heart to beat again. And this story is played out in a wilderness. And the wilderness, in Ezekiel 37, you're putting it up on the board? Put it up on the board if you can. Ezekiel 37, up there. All right. It's going to work my neck a bit. Uh, having to turn around, but I've got it written out here. Uh, the hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out in the spirit of the Lord, that is Ezekiel, and set me down in the middle of the valley, and it was full of bones. And he led me around them, and behold, there were very many on the surface of the valley, and behold, they were very dry. It probably means that they'd been there a long time. They'd be there a long time. And we can get that way. We can get that way. We can be there a long time. And that is why I believe that God is actually speaking to all of us today. So you say, oh, I don't need this. Really, I'm okay. I'm good to go. Um, I think that's what a lot of people think when they go to the, the um, cardiologist for your test. And he puts you on the stress machine. And you run you run and you run and eventually you're like out of breath can we stop this thing now um, 
And maybe God is putting you on a test today to see if you can run and test your heart under stress. And our world is stressful. I know you know that. So I don't have to explain to you how difficult the world is that we're living in today. It's very different from a world that I had 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 40 years ago. And I've got history. I can talk about it. I've got history. It's a very difficult world. And what happens to our heart? What happens to our heart in a world like this? Disappointment, discouragement. Sometimes a really physical thing where you get sick and ill. A loved one getting sick and ill and makes you sick and ill in your heart. You can't do anything about it. You pray, you trust, you believe. Your heart starts shifting and moving. Let me continue reading. And the bones were very dry. And he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? He knew the answer. But he says, God, you know the answer to that question. And God knows the answer to your question today. Is your bones living? Can they live again? You know God knows the answer to that question. And then he said to him, prophesy over these bones and say to these bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, behold, I will cause breath to enter you. And you shall live, and I will lay sinews upon you, and cause flesh to come over you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live, and you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied and commanded as I was prophesied, and everything came together. Everything came together, the body, the sinews, the skin, everything. But here's the statement, there was no breath in them. Remember the surgeon? He'd done everything possible. Everything possible. But there was no breath in them. No breath. He was not breathing. His heart was not responding. But hear the word of the Lord. Hear the word of the Lord. Let your heart beat again. Breathe. Breathe. Call my spirit. Breathe. Breathe in my spirit. Once again, that your spirit, your heart may start to beat again. And you may feel and know the presence of the Lord in your life. Say to the breath, breathe on the slain that they may live. And they lived. And they stood up as a mighty army. Consider the conquest of your heart. I think you're living in a world where everything is making a demand on your heart. Advertisements, things, stuff, all of that. Um, Making demands on your heart. But what is God seeking for? He's seeking for a heart after his own heart. What was the praise that he gave to David or the testimony that he gave to David? He said, I have found a man. After my own heart, I have found a man. After my own heart, he served his generation. Well, he did what God wanted to do. And I know you can go through the history of David and you can find a whole bunch of stuff. But there's something about David's heart that God loved. And I'll tell you what it was. 
He had a heart like God's heart. That's what he loved about David. God takes your heart seriously. More than a cardiologist would take your heart seriously. Cardiologist may just do his job, pump a couple of pills in your, in your mouth and say, have these pills, keep your heart, tell you to exercise. I had a good report, by the way, from my cardiologist. He said, you're good to go. So I'm not dying anytime soon, so don't worry. Come on. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> no, I don't want to die soon. I want to live until I die. Sounds like crazy, isn't it? But I really want to live until I die. I don't want to be half dead before I die. I want to live until I die. I want to live it out full. I want to give it all that I've got. I want to do everything that I can possibly do. It's not I'm trying to make my name great. It doesn't matter if you see me as a great person or a wonderful person. It doesn't matter to me. What matters to me is that you find your place. Has God called us today to find your place in his presence? You, you, tell your heart to beat again. Tell your heart to come right again. Stand in that place. And friend, I know that you can't make your heart well. I know you can't. But that is why we have the Holy Spirit. That is why we come to this place where we can say, Lord, fill me up. Fill me up, Lord. Give me your spirit. Give me your spirit. Fill me up, God. Heal me. That I may breathe. That I may stand up as an army. I wonder how much of our army has disappeared. It felt this morning when I came in, there was a lot of faces that were missing. And I know they're all in the men's camp. But suddenly there's some more faces around you. So I'm happy for those faces. Some of those faces I don't know. But I want to say I love you. And I'm glad you're here today. And I'm trusting that God will do something in your heart that will change your life forever. Not for this congregation, not for this church, not for any other reason, but for Him. That you will live for Him, that your heart will be for Him. That you will serve Him with all your heart. That you will love Him with all your heart. You hear the words over and over in Scripture. God wants your heart. He wants your heart. Now I know, because I'm a normal human being, like you are, how easily our heart shifts. How easily. I'm not talking, I mean, you could literally put it out in levels. Like level three would be like if someone took your parking place, your heart shifted. <laughs> Your heart shifted and you wanted to move his heart too. <laughs> it's kind of like down there. It's kind of earthy stuff. And then there's sometimes something just creeps inside of our lives. And I don't have to try and describe it to you because it's happened to all of us at some other time. Something cre creeps into our life. Just a little offense. A little something. Let me give you three things. And I won't be long, and I'm going to land this. Just three things that kind of really get to us. And all of these things, I, d I didn't realize it at the time, but when, when I wrote them out, they all end in IFT. Not EFT, so we're not looking for your money. Okay. 
They all end in IFT, and it's about movement, actually. And the first one is Rift. R-I-F-T. And I want to define that as, as an offense. You say, well, I, I don't have any offense in my heart. You know what offense is? It's like a fence. It's something that divides. It's something that tears you. It happens in your marriage. Sometimes, little by little, you pick up offense. Little by little, you build on it. And eventually, it's a high wall. And eventually, you say to your wife, or your wife says to you, I don't love you anymore. Offense. Your leaders. Sometimes they say things. And I know sometimes you, you stand up here and sometimes you say things that hurt. It's not intended to hurt, but it can be an offense. You can walk away with an offense. An offense divides. And that needs to change. Because there's an anger that comes with offense. And the anger says, I will not. I will not. There's an anger that comes with forgiveness and stays in unforgiveness. It's unforgiveness that holds an anger. Division, disunity can come in the body and do what? Destroy our hearts. Destroys our heart. Destroy the heart of your marriage. Destroy the heart of your relationship with good people around you. Destroy the, 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 the trust that you have in your leaders. Destroy the rift. Then there's the shift. The shift. The shift in your heart. Sometimes a subtle shift. Sometimes a, a shift that is very deliberate. I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm going to change. I'm going to move in that direction. I'm going to buy a new car. Let's shift something. I'm buy a new car. Shift something. Um, and that's just on level three. Yeah. We get on to level one, which starts making a change in the way you work with God and you serve God. The shift, the wrong decision. Have you ever been uh, at a robot where you put your gear, in, your car into the wrong gear, you know, shift it into the wrong gear, and you want to pull off, you know, oh my head. Third gear, and you try and wiggle it back to the place where it should be. A shift, just a shift can change, the, change it. And sometimes we love the high gears, because the high gears mean speed. It means speed. Get out there, I'm in fifth gear. But you can't pull off in fifth gear. And sometimes you have to change down to get traction. Sometimes you have to shift that gear. So there's good shifts, but there are also bad shifts. You can change gears and say, well, I don't feel like being here today. I don't feel like it. It's a shift. A shift. The wrong, oh, it's the wrong gear. Don't worry. Um, next week, I'll sort it out again. I'll put it back in the gear. But you can't drive further until you've put it back in the right gear. The shift can make a difference. And the third one is this, the drift. There are probably more. I don't know if you can look up in the dictionary how many IFTs there are. It's not important. But it's about a movement. 
And the drift is perhaps the most vicious of it all. The most vicious of all. The one that does the most damage. The one that actually takes you out of your place subconsciously. You're not even thinking about it. We had a friend, um, I don't know, he may be not living anymore, but it was quite some time ago when we lived in a town, and he was a fisherman. And uh, fishermen love to fish. I don't know if you knew that, but anyway. Uh, just in case you were guessing what a fisherman does. And he went out to sea the one day, and usually you have a partner with you because I think it's a safe place to be out in the ocean, you know, it's quite deep and all whole thing, you know, seven, eight kilometers out into the deep is a long place, a long way away from the shore. And he was fishing with his friend, and they were on the boat, happily fishing, just doing what fishermen do, fish. And a swell started to rise, a little higher than normal. And kind of like, just ignored the swell. And the swell became a little stronger, started pushing and started lifting higher and higher. And when he realized it, he had actually drifted to the point where his anchor was in tension, no longer just keeping him in his place, but now in tension. And because of the, the tide, the rip of the tide underneath him, it was actually pulling him further and further away from his anchor. So it started pulling the nose of his, of his boat down. And then the next swell started to rise and he could see the swell rising up and he wanted to go and pull the anchor up and normally the way to pull the anchor up is start the motor, get the motor going and push yourself into the anchor space that it can loosen itself off the rock. But he couldn't get to the motor in time. So he did what a person of great knowledge, of wisdom would do in a time like this. He cut the rope. He cut the rope. But it was actually too late because it actually flipped the boat, that, that swell that was coming up against him, flipped the boat. Very hard place to be. Everything that you have to rescue you is under the boat. It's on the other side of the boat. So he actually tied his hand uh, and, and swam under the boat and got a, a flare to shoot up into the sky and hopefully someone would see him. One flare, no one responded. Two flares, no one responded. And he had one left, and he thought he'd better just keep that, just in case. He drifted for about six hours on the back end of the boat, him and his friend, just tied there on a rope, swell all the car, coming, coming, coming. He drifted six kilometers from where he was. And then finally he saw... As the, as the wave subsided and lifted him up again on top of the wave, he could see the harbor mouth and he let off a flare and the guys came to rescue him. It's a dangerous place, guys, to be drifting. Let me close off this time with you today. Let the surgeon fix, unblock your arteries. Let him fix it. Then, when he's done, when God is done with you, tell your heart to beat again. It's a decision you make. A decision you make. You can decide right there and then, I don't want to live anymore. 
I don't want to go on. I don't want to go on. I prefer the old way. But he's fixed your heart. Tell your heart to beat again. Number three, get up. Get up. It's a command. Get up. And receive. Be filled with the Spirit of God. The scripture says and teaches us that when Jesus comes, John the Baptist talking, he says, when Jesus comes, he will baptize you. He will overwhelm you with his spirit. He will baptize you in the spirit and fire. Wow. You want to be alive? Do you want to be fully alive? Do you want your heart beating again? Do you want your heart beating again? Let him do that for you today. Now let's wait. So I want, <clears throat> normally at the end of a meeting like this, we would say, those of you that really feel that you need to respond to this, just put up your hand or just stand up. I'm going to ask you all to stand. Not because I don't believe in you, not because I don't believe that your life um, yeah, that I, I, I don't believe that you're a good guy, that you're a good person. But I know, I know myself, I've seen myself time and again just shift my heart, just a little. An offense, something that rifted my heart, that set up a fence between me and what God wanted for my life. A shift in my heart. A little thing that happened in my life, a sickness that came along in my family that, that kind of got me distracted. And my trust in God, and very often it is about our trust in God, it is about our faith in God. You see, if you look at the story there in Ezekiel 37, it quite, it quite simply says this, at the end of the story, if you read the end of the story, it says, they had lost hope. And hope... Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Your faith. Presence of God goes, leaves you. But you have no breath. Come, Lord Jesus, this morning. Thanks, Greg. You can play away something that you just feel in your heart to do. But right now, I want to say to you, do some business with God. You don't have to have someone laying hands on you, praying with you. I'm praying with you. I'm praying in my heart all the time. I've been praying over this word that God will do something in your lives today that will change the way, change the shape, even of this church, Joshua Generation, Durbanville AM. Change your destiny. Some of you have a bad destiny simply because of where your heart is. Choices that you've made that have ruined your life. Ruined your, your faith in God. Offenses that you've held even between you and your wife, between you and your friends, between you and your leaders. Shifts that you've made that are wrong shifts. You know you've made choices that you shouldn't have made. And it's affected your heart. And we cannot, we cannot allow moments like that to disqualify us from what God has purposed and planned for each one of you. Not little things, 
not little moves. We sing the song, fill my, fill my heart, Lord. You can't do anything about it. You can jump up and down. You can run around. You cannot have your heart filled. He has to do it. But there's something about being filled with the Spirit, friends. It is about be being filled with the Spirit. The Spirit of God is a river. It's a fountain. It's a flood. It doesn't stop. You've got to have it. It's every day. It's my breath. How long will you hold your breath? How long will you keep it in? How long will you hold back on what God has purpose and plan for your life? How long? Would you do some business with God this morning?